Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks I'm Max Peterson And I'm Bird And Bird is not Carl Hartley. I'm not, no. <laughs> <laughs> not even a little bit. Listeners are used to this, where Carl has to go to work, or there's, you know, Carl's house is on fire and he can't be here, or Carl, you know. I hope that never happens. So do I. But uh, Carl, we've co-hosted, we've had other uh, guest co-hosts, and we're going to call you the Corona host. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, so, so Bird, wh- tell us why you're here and Carl is not here. Social distancing? Isolation? So, social uh, distancing. <laughs> quarantine? Yeah, Michigan's under a quarantine right now. And, you know, we <gasps> Carl and I have been talking about the show over over messages, uh, messenger and messages and calling each other and smoke signals and pigeons and things. And it's we don't want to get each other sick. I'm still working yeah. at a place that shouldn't be open. Which shall remain nameless. God, I want to just like rake them over the fucking coals for being open right now. They're being really really shitty, shitty and shady, and and they're not taking the wellness of their employees. employees But I'm I'm still working. I'm unloading trucks, and I'm dealing with the stupider elements of the public, the more dummerer people in this in this. Yes, the more dumber. The more dumber Mm -hmm. people in Traverse City who keep coming out to browse. Browse. No, I'm just I'm just looking. A lot of that. So I'm still I'm still interacting with people who are probably sick. So I don't I don't want Carl over here yeah. getting sick. I don't want him getting Danielle sick. Danielle's also still working. She works at a bank. So she just, yeah, we don't want to pass it around between each other. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, we both have uh, elderly relatives. <laughs> um, ours are local. So but we d- also didn't want to stop the show. We didn't want to take a hiatus or or deny all of you people something to listen to, especially now that you have nowhere to go. <laughs> And you just wouldn't survive without measuring clicks. I know. It's it's the best part of everyone's week, honestly. <laughs> it, the worst part about this is it actually might be the best part of me and Carl's week. So, like, not having the show, we're just, like, cry texting each other. <laughs> like, 3 a.m., like, hey, buddy, are you awake? I was thinking about Red Rock West. I, sh- I sure miss you, man. Well, be, be healthy. Aww. And I just cry into my pillow and <laughs> dream about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> no. Oh. So, to keep the show going... And give you all something to listen to during these trying times. Bird and I have uh, Bird and I have done podcasts for years together before Measuring Flicks ever got started. And you're a, a frequent uh, guest host mm-hmm. or co-host on the show anyway. So we figured we would do a little mini series of episodes, full full length. And also, I'm just stuck in the same house with you. You are, so. and there's microphones. Your compulsion to and be on mic. <laughs> and we've done it before, so there's no reason not to. Now, see, you might be a little salty about today's episode, but it is 100% your fault. I know. So I'm sorry. I didn't know. It's okay. I didn't know either. So we're doing a series, and we're calling it The Measuring Flicks Quarantine Tapes, where Bird and I are locked in a house together, <laughs> going slowly mad, and we're just going <laughs> to... There's no theme. There's no pick. I'll tell you right now, we're probably not going to watch Quarantine or Pandemic or any of those movies. Mm -mm. Um, But yeah, we're just going to go back and forth and pick a movie, watch a movie, talk about a movie. And since I have the Criterion channel and Bird is trapped in the house with me, you can expect a lot of those type of flicks. Um, 
all right, so let's thank our patrons. Uh, for those of you who, you can head on over to www.patreon.com slash quillandfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M, if you want to kick a little money to the show. However, during the for the duration of this quarantine period, you can also head on over to patreon.com and get all of our bonus content for free. Uh, Carl and I have been talking about this. Times are tough. People are, are out of work. Not me because my the people I work for suck and I are am. horrible. But, you know, birds out of work. We know a lot of people who are unemployed. We know that money's tight and things are really uncertain. So if you want to get the bonus content and go listen to the bonus episodes and get all of that fun stuff, you don't have to give the show anything. But you can. You can. If you want to support the show and you have the extra scratch or you feel like you should or you want to, you can do that. But we're not going to paywall anything. So honestly, you have no reason not to head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm where you can get full length. Yeah, you can get in on the weird in-jokes that translate into the regular yeah, season you'll things finally, and you're like, what is happening? You'll finally understand what we're talking yes. about. And you can go and listen to the Harry uh, When Harry Met Michael series, which oh, has been so yes. fun. I've been retroactively going back and slowly, one by one, taking them off of, um, uh, taking the paywall down for all gotcha. those old episodes. So, Ooh, sounds exhausting. It is a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but you know what? But they're worth it. They are. The patrons really are. And now, um, just go on over. It'll give you a little taste of what Patreon is like. So when the pandemic is finally over, you'll realize what you've been missing all along. Mm, so let mm. uh, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank uh, the, uh, our patrons, the people who are contributing to uh, pa- patronizing the show every month. Uh, we'd like to thank Brian Jackson. Connor Sweeney. A lot of these people, by the way, have been texting Carl and I and sending us messages and being like, is there anything I can do for the show, man? Like, I'll send you, I'll mail you a Glock of my hair that's been sprayed thoroughly with Lysol so you can remember (laughs) what it was like when we all could talk to each other. Aw, you guys Uh, are best friends. We do, and we have the best patrons. So we'd like to thank Connor Sweeney, Danielle Hartley, uh, David Rowney, Casey Scheibe, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Kevin Ramirez, Sarah Hartley, William Rockwood, and uh, Jeffrey T. Morgan. Jeff Morgan, the JMO. Um, <laughs> all right. So listen, listeners, I'm t- I promise you that not every episode is going to be like this, but Bird picked our first film. I'm sorry. I made a grave mistake. You made a gray mistake. Oh. Uh, today oh. we are talking about 1976's Grey Gardens, directed by David and Albert Mazels. Ellen, uh, I think it's Ellen Howd. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce her name. Uh, And Muffy Meyer, starring Edie Bouvier Beale and her daughter, Edith Beale. The mother is Edith, the daughter is Edie. What? Yes. The daughter's Edie? They're both named Edith, but... Oh, God. Okay. Edith Beale. Starring Bouvier, Edith Beale and Edith her daughter, Bouvier Edie Bouvier Beale. They're Jackie Onassis's aunt and cousin. Yes. Jackie Kennedy. Jackie O. John F. Kennedy's wife. Now, listen. This is like... It's a cult movie... How did you? Why? Why did you pick this movie? And I'm not. I'm not. My cousin told me that we had to watch it. Name check your cousin. Shame him publicly. Brian Peters. <laughs> Thank you. This movie was Bird. What was your like first takeaway watching this? What the fuck? The whole time, right? Uh, yeah, I think I just sat open mouth staring at the TV like I don't even know what to do with this. I don't know how to process it. Did you? Okay. 
Did you like this movie or hate no, this no, movie? No, no, I hated it. I also it was awful. I, I wanted to crawl out of my skin, scrub everything with bleach, and then burn the house down. I had a slightly more complicated response, but I'm with you. I would never watch this again willingly. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. we we talked briefly while we were watching it. Like this would probably be amazing to watch incredibly high high. but like almost too high right but like unless it's that circumstance and the movie was on on accident i would never willingly watch this again um that said i definitely was screaming with laughter during a couple scenes but most of the time it was just i said at one point like if you put the right score behind this this is a horror film Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now what i absolutely what i kind of want to start the conversation with is the dissonance between our watch of it and apparently the whole rest of the world. Okay, yeah, I've been giving this some thought. Um, so this has got like a 94% on Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes. It's got like a like a 9.1 out of 10 on IMDb. 84% of Google Movie Watchers liked this movie. There's documentaries about this documentary. Uh, on In the Criterion uh, bonus features, we actually watched some bonus features with like like fashion fashion design a fashion designer and the director and listening to people talk about it what the words they keep saying are things like it's these two unique beautiful souls who are just totally individual they're uniquely themselves and they live life yeah i'm with you but they're like they live life on their own terms i read a little brief essay where they're like uh you said edie is the young one right yes edie bouvier beale has become like a no she's just edie beale her mother is bouvier beale that's her maiden name Hmm. well i looked it up and it said Edie, this these are the names I wrote down from IMDb: Edie Bouvier Beale and Edith Beale. So okay, I don't okay. I have no idea. Anyway, I'll just scratch that. They're both named Edith. This I'm is just all madness. Anyway, mother and so. daughter. There's no sense to this no. at all. Um, I have been sick, and about halfway through the movie, I paused it and I turned to Bird, and I was like, "Listen, I've been like getting lightheaded and dizzy. I don't know if I'm if there's something wrong with my brain. Is any of this making sense to you?" And you were like, "No." Nope, Mm-mm. this is total, yeah. total disorganized madness. There's no through line. It's like if you took one of those choose your own adventure books, ripped all of the pages out yeah. and put them in a box, shook it up, and then just started pulling them out. And not and like were, following any sort of order, just going yeah. in the order that you pulled them out. And in. you were reading them in a room that w- was like the physical embodiment of tetanus. Right. It was... Yeah, everything's covered in cat shit. There's... It's, it's insanity. And it's not good insanity either. It's like it makes you feel like you have bugs on you. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like you're, the air you're breathing is poisonous. It's horrible. We, we <laughs> are not plugged into any of the, the like mythos or like popularity surrounding this. We came to this totally. We did. We went in flat footed. Yeah. We, and still like I haven't done any research about it. I don't know like how people generally feel about it i just know that it's a cult film um but i've done a little because i've been i can't help myself i've been curious and i do some research for the show but the research just makes me feel angry so i stopped doing it but like the the daughter she's become like she's literally called like a they called her a A gay gay icon icon. like the gay community loves her fashion designers and like fashion like the the fashion community Mm -hmm. loves her she was called a philosopher in two essays i read she's okay so here i'm gonna put forward a theory about this movie okay people like watching rich people do weird shit 
That's, they think it's really funny. And yeah. rich people who act this way are called eccentric. And like they're humorous and they're quote unquote philosophers. But right. if these people were dirt fucking poor nobodies yeah. like living in the in Appalachia. Right. They would be crazy and nobody would like think they were super interesting or you. deep thinkers. They're both They'd be like, oh gross. They're both very obviously severely mentally ill. Oh yeah. Like that I don't und- I'm not sure I 100% I kept asking you I was like are they inbred or something like what is wrong with them I think what gives this movie it's like it's appeal is the fa- is the the Jackie O connection these are relatives of the Kennedys you know what I mean like they're, they're a hop skip and a jump away right. from the Onassis Kennedy right thing. they're one of those like wealthy yeah. upper crust blue blood American families and they live yeah. they do live in a gigantic like estate manor house but yeah, oh my! What did they say like twenty God. rooms or something? Something like that. It's massive. It's huge. Yeah. There's a moment late in the movie when the daughter is down on the beach, and they do a slow pan showing like I, where are they? They're in uh, Long Island, Long New Island, New York. New York. Yeah. So they're doing the slow pan along the beach, which is like beachfront property in Long Island. They, these are estates. It's like gorgeous refined house, gorgeous refined, and it keeps With going. Immaculate um, landscaping. landscaping, yeah, yeah. Like the 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 trees are all trimmed back, and the lawns are beautiful. And then you get to their house, and the trees are like it's just overgrown. It's like you can barely see the house yeah. through all this bushes and trees. I and I think that's part. Maybe that's part of the fascination because. I've seen you and I have both seen houses like this mm-hmm. in the UP. Mm-hmm. If you go to Ishpeming, which is I a want to live in a house like that. Yeah, it's just surrounded by trees One and my, bushes and like y- yeah, a witch yeah. House, but not like it's this house not though. Like that, though. You you want a well kept house that's in the trees. Yeah. What I'm saying is like we've seen houses in a, the, Ishpeming is a mining town in the UP that used to be very affluent. So there's a lot of like Victorian houses mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Nagani as well, because there was a lot of money back in the day, but now there's no money at all in the area. So every house up there is like this. We're like, it's just crumbling. Yeah, yeah. they're like, mi- like walls are falling down, and there's like the sp- raccoon hole. Okay, we're oh we're gonna God. talk about the raccoon hole. Holy shit, that was that was legitimately one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen, especially. Uh, at the, at the actually, end. good move on the um the documentarian's part showing us the the hole. Like, yeah. oh my god! Well, at the very beginning, they. Um, by the way, there's we can't do scene by scene through this. You're not gonna get a through line, no, listener, because really. there's not one. They just start. They just film these people day to day, and their day to day life is utter and chaos. They're not, and they're not in chronological order too. Like you can see that there are clips where they're wearing the same outfits, and I think it's the same day, but they're not together. They're interspersed. I was part of me wonders if like they only have like three outfits. She wears the daughter wears the mom wears basically nothing all the time. She wears like she, a yeah, she, she really wears does. like a sack around her boobs and that's kind of all she wears. She's always draped in like this loose sack and, and like covered in like blankets. Yeah, sitting yeah. on a Oh, it, a lot of the movie takes place in there in like a dual be- a bedroom with two beds. It's like a dorm room. It is. It's very dormy. Because it's almost as though they don't live at all in the rest of the house. They like like there's there's no not, furniture no. or anything. That room is like obsessively cluttered, and the yes. rest of the house is like ghost Empty. town. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing. It's not there. like hoarders where everything is piled with junk. No, it's just the one room that, that's piled with. Junk. That room is like a hoarder room, and the house is like a condemned building. Yes. Yeah. 
I think at one point they they showed some newspaper. They were clippings. facing, yeah, like and, huge litigation. And I think it was Jackie who initiated a yes. big cleanup, and she yeah. got a crew in to basically save the house. Because okay. they were gonna um, like condemn it or something because it's such an eyesore. Yeah, well, you can you can understand uh, if you've bought property on the on this beach, you're you're living in like a what today would be like a hundred million dollar house, and you got to look out the window at your neighbor every day, and the neighbor is feeding, feeding raccoons. raccoons inside their home. Yeah, oh I don't get God. it, man. Okay, I don't know. part of and the other thing, I think you're right. I think you hit it right on the head at the beginning of this episode. I think part of the appeal is that these people, and we do, we see their past through photographs and we mm-hmm. hear stories. They used mm-hmm. to be very active in wealthy high society. Yeah. So these, this would be like if John F. Kennedy had never been murdered, right, or never been assassinated. Mm-hmm. This would be like if John Kennedy and Jackie O like retreated to a mansion and then just lost their fucking minds yeah that would be fascinating whereas when it happens to normal people they just they just end up in like a home (laughs) you know and the house gets torn down but they leave these people alone because they're tied to rich yeah and they are connected they're connected i don't know how rich they are dude this is I, i do think they are rich i think they have money still I think they're those people because obviously they still have the house, so they're able to pay the taxes on it. That's true. And they're able to pay people or, to come. Or maybe, in. maybe like a a trust is paying the taxes. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like they're those rich people who, I feel like you see this with a lot of older money, yeah. not like nouveau rich. Yeah. Um, where they live on almost nothing, but they have fortunes stacked away in the bank right they just don't ever touch it this they like eat the most like extreme. cans of beans no, every day these people do you want to talk about what they eat oh my God. every day no i don't they they eat nothing but ice cream <laughs> and corn pate. and pate that's the only thing and we crackers. see them eat the whole time they just oh my god there's a fucking scene where the mom's like give me some of that pate and the daughter's like oh mother oh mother you always you going she's like you need some lemon i spent 174 dollars on the ice cream that's another thing about this well let let me finish the pate thing then we'll talk about the other infuriating moment part of this movie which runs all through it the daughter opens a can of pate takes the top off and then just hands her mom a can of pate Mm -hmm. and like that is a meal yeah there's like a groundskeeper kid who comes in and the grandma's like oh, yeah, sitting Jeremy. He's like a little a local handyman yeah. kid. He's like I don't know 20. Would you like an ear of corn? No, and I'm he... good. You sure? Yeah, I can't say no to you. Let me put some butter on it and it's just like He's so like sweet to take it because but you know he... her hands are filthy she's, and like the she's sitting on a be- the mom. The, yes. the like 80 year old mom is sitting on a bare mattress that's covered in like cat shit and cat piss and stains and bird droppings and, and newspapers newspapers and, and garbage tissue yeah, just garbage. garbage and i again i'm flummoxed i at why people look at this movie and they're like what unique souls i'm like no, no. this is this is mental illness at its furthest extremity yeah and people are like icons what are you talking about? Oh, my God. So one of the other things that really drives me nuts is in this movie, the mom will talk and the daughter will talk at the same time. At the same time. And they just it's like the other one is not talking because they don't like stop. Let me finish. Let me finish. They just both finish their thoughts simultaneously, individual, individually, like 
it, it matters not if anyone else is speaking. They'll just monologue at the camera, at the walls, to the raccoons on the floor. It's it's chaos. It's utter chaos in the most like diseased, dirty house you've ever seen. Ugh! And Evie's <laughs> walking around without shoes on. Okay. <laughs> There's a couple of shots where they will like pan down to the floor as they pick a radio up off the floor and there's just like literal shit and like inches of dust and old cigarette butts and like chicken it's bones on the floor. Filth. Yeah. Filth. filth. Tr- true filth. And you're saying Edith is the daughter? Edith. Edie, Edie is the daughter. Yeah. Edie will walk around. Little Edie. The barefoot is gross, but almost grosser to me is, like, the stockings with the huge runs in them and, like, the feet are covered in grime. That's why the bottoms of the stockings are, like, a different color. Oh, there's a line at the beginning of the movie that I... I was I was trying to watch this like we watch movies for measuring flicks, you know, where, where I'm, like, trying to find stuff to... Here's a through line. Here's a theme. Right. There's a line early where the daughter says... um, there's no freedom when you're living supported. That one of the th- one of the maybe through lines throughout the movie is Edie keeps saying over and over. She's like, "I'm gonna go to New York. I'd rather live I'm in trapped a, here. I'd rather live in a closet in New York than live in I'm this manor house. Get out of here until one of us dies." Yeah, she's like fifty. I think she's fifty four when the movie starts. I think the mom says at one point, "It's hard under the din of them screaming over each other and singing weird, poorly." Oh God. Um. But Edie keeps wanting to run away to New York where she's going to get rolls on stick. It's utterly a delusion. It's never going to happen. It won't. She's insane. She's, I'm not saying like she's crazy. I'm saying she's, she's mentally ill. She's got like delusions going on. And she said, there's a couple of lines where she says, there's no freedom when you're living supported. And then she lays back and Edith, the mom says, there's no freedom when you're not supported. And I'm like, this is... That is maybe like a weird Zen thesis for these two women's lives. They're never going to leave each other. Yeah, because they're, what's that, codependent? Yeah, Yeah, they're like utterly codependent. They live entirely in the past. And also Edie is like a 16-year-old girl in an older woman's body. Her her mental state is like a 16-year-old girl. She just yeah. doesn't take anything seriously. She's not responsible at all. Yeah, it's like full-blown arrested <laughs> development where she stopped at 16 and never got any older. Like that's how she you're totally right. That's how she acts. She's petulant like a child. She's just, she's spoiled like a child. She has really unrealistic views of what the world outside of their house is like a child. Like that also might be Coming being, from an affluent being family. really rich, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the other things we find out, um, oh my god, they I'm sorry. They talk about having sex a lot, and I was just like, Bleh. I know, where they're like, he wants me sexually. I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, the that handyman, yeah, he's Jeremy, like, who's like, like 18 years old. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's going on with Jeremy. I think, oh. man. Yeah, he moved in for a little bit and then like almost immediately moved back out. Well, yeah, because I, I think he realized how realized what it, no, it well, was. he's their handyman, so he knows how That's gross true. it is. But maybe he was like had limited exposure to their full blown insanity. And also with Edie being like, you know, she'll come up to the camera and be like, the, the marble fawn has moved into the house. I can't. I don't want him around. He's of course, mother wants him around. Nobody that I want in the house is 
and it's just she she'll like keep talking and talking and you're like I don't think I don't actually think there's a subject to your speech here I think you're just talking just circular ranting yeah yeah that's like there that's both of them the other thing that is quite shocking about this movie is how viciously cruel they are to each other (gasps) yeah and not even like oh my god yeah not even like a joking way where it's like sort of like dark humor no. or like yeah it's cruel hu- it's where you've legit. got they're not they're not busting balls right they're being yeah. genuinely cruel to each other almost every time they talk <laughs> almost every word they say is like overt cruelty and my favorite part about that is when you watch we watched about half of an eight minute interview with the documentarian albert mazel he's one of the two brothers who filmed them initially mm-hmm. and the first one of the first things he said he's like they're just like, you know, these two totally themselves unique people and their mother-daughter relationship, which has never been explored in any medium. And I'm like, first of all, go fuck yourself because you are not, in 1976, you are not the first person to ever document the mother-daughter relationship. You're full of shit. Second thing out of his mouth, they genuinely love each other and they're, they're never cruel. They're never cruel to each other. I'm like, did you watch your movie? Were you even like... Present? The mother is screaming oftentimes like you are driving me mad daughter of mine I would rather I, I can barely move I'm crippled more or less I would rather leave the room than be around you and meanwhile the daughter's like you know I'll never be free until you're dead and oh you know you never did all these things for me this spoiled I brat know, yeah they're just and that's like they're interspersed sh- with the exact opposite the mother saying like you can do no wrong. You're perfect. You're wonderful. Like everything you do is great. And you right. are such a perfect, wonderful child. Yeah. And, uh, the do- uh, What? The mom looking at pictures like, please don't show the cameraman this picture. And the daughter will rip it out of her hand so much so that like pieces. She actually tore the she, like. She tears thing. portions of like the photo album off. She's like rips it out of her hands and then will stuff it into the camera lens and it's out of focus and shit. And then they'll cut to where like. Albert or whoever clearly took the picture and got an in focus mm-hmm. shot because he couldn't catch the maelstrom of like look at this picture no don't look at it look at this picture they're destroying stuff the daughter will put a put a record on and the mom will start because she used to be a singer will start singing to it tiptoe through the tulips and then the daughter will start singing along and the mom will go nope nope that's wrong you're singing it wrong start again start again I I can't I can't believe you're singing so ugly it's ugly you're ugly and you're like what the fuck I feel like the documentarians are just 100% full of shit I thought you were going to say they're 100% up their own asses oh they are and that is that's yeah that's how I feel this is very the like art school documentary that's like so deep like you don't even understand this is this is john waters making movies if john waters didn't know and love the fact that he was trashy because i love john waters and he makes shit kind of like this but he knows it's trashy like that's his thing Mm -hmm. he's like look i'm gonna show you guys some fucked up shit and the fact that he's aware that it's fucked up makes it John Waters mm-hmm. it makes it awesome because you're sitting there and you're like he is shocking me on purpose I feel like these dudes were just like we found a philosopher and a you know that it is it is pretentious in all of the worst ways oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. but the movie itself isn't the way that the documentarians talk about the movie is the movie itself is just presented as it is 
Like, you're just thrown into the madness yeah. and you have to try and make surface yeah. if you can. I think I probably could have been swung. I would never have liked this movie, but I probably could have been swung a little bit towards like understanding the, the idea behind it if it hadn't been presented as like, and this is one of the most highbrow things that you'll ever see. I don't know why this is on Criterion. I don't either. I understand. I, I understand it as a as an important film, and especially because so many people have glommed onto it yeah. from a cult perspective. I from I think it's on Criterion because of the response to it. I think if it had just gone away mm-hmm. and vanished, you know, I, I don't. Know, I just I don't feel like it should be on the Criterion channel along with like truly great masterworks of artistic. Yeah, film. It, this is on the same channel as like Akira Kurosawa. And right, and, it doesn't deserve to be counted. Yeah, among Peck them. and Paw and Kurosawa, and you know, like there's a lot of Hitchcock Night on of the there. Hunter, and then yeah. all of a sudden, there's this. I think that this is a hundred percent on there because of its cultural impact. I don't understand its cultural impact. I'm not seeing what the there's a guy. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was actually kind of interesting. There was a guy who did an entire fashion line based on. <laughs> Based on the daughter's, like, she wears upside down skirts and she wears, like, sweaters on her head. Because she has no hair. Because she has no hair. Probably because she's been ripping it out for years. I have no idea. Like, these people are... I thought maybe she had alopecia or something. Yeah, she had she no have eyebrows either. either. But that's... There is a compulsion where you'll, you'll pull all you your, hair pull your hair out. out. I have a relative who does that. Um, but, like... Lips in yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, we were saying while we were watching it, like that's kind of what her house looked like. But like, um, man, I don't fuck, I don't, I don't know. Like this movie, ha- you can't deny that this movie has had a cultural impact. Mm-hmm. I've been recommended it by like four people. Mm-hmm. You've had a couple different people recommend it. We tried to watch it once when we were living in Maine. We made it like thirty seconds in, and I was like, "Can we watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer?" I, I had guess. a long day, so we just bailed out. But like. I think this is just the it's the fascination with the rich and like and a fascination maybe with like like full-blown chaos I can see this appealing to certain people who it's the same people who like to watch shows like um like people who watch the Kardashians who just watch trash Mm. for trash's sake like oh look at rich people doing stupid things and having a bad chaotic and and drama and there's a little schadenfreude too where it's like look how bad your life is my life's not so bad I guess I don't know but that's why I think it's on Criterion is very famous people who've gone on to do famous things have been influenced somehow for some reason by this by this movie but again I'm with you man I (laughs) I don't understand what we watched the flies there are flies flying around as this like old woman sitting on a cat piss stained mattress is singing like the two of us will be happy forever. There's flies like landing on her face and shit. And this is supposed to be like, look at these two people living free. A great masterwork. I don't get it, dude. It's just <sighs> rough. It's real. Oh my God. That scene. Okay. It's real rough. So what epitomized this movie for me yeah. was the scene where they're in the bedroom and there's this very large portrait of Edith when lo- she was a young girl. I actually like this moment in the movie. And she is, she used to be stunningly gorgeous. Yeah. And so did Edie. They were both, they were both they beautiful. They were both true knockout beauties um, when they were young, yeah. 
And Edith used to be this very talented, like, woman about town, um, being wooed by composers and things like that. And there's Millionaires. this portrait. Several men, like... Uh, she ended up with Beale, who then left her because she's crazy. Yeah. And got a fake Mexican divorce. <laughs> yeah, but the Catholic Church doesn't recognize that. I don't believe I don't in believe divorce. In okay. As she's reading the, like, an Aquarian man. If only I could marry an Aquarius. That's what I need. I need an Aquarius. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the scene Mm -hmm. that I think epitomizes the film, Mm -hmm. there's this beautiful portrait and it's just leaned up against the wall in a corner of this room filled with garbage. Yeah. And there's a cat taking a shit behind this portrait. And And Edith says... Edie. Edie sees it happening. And Edith says, oh, I'm glad he's doing it. I'm glad somebody's doing what they want to do. I wrote down the line. And I was just like, what? Uh... Uh, Edie, the daughter, mm-hmm. looks and goes, oh, there's a cat doing its business behind your portrait. Isn't that terrible? And the mother says, no, I'm glad. I'm happy somebody's doing what they want to do. That, that, right. Nobody th- makes a move to s- stop the cat, no. to clean anything up. No. To they just let preserve the- this beautiful painting. Nope. A cat climbs behind the portrait, takes a shit. The daughter's like, look at the re- Oh my God! Look how far we've fallen. There's another great moment in here that I actually really like. It's um, like um, it's when it's when the daughter Edie is showing them like her room, and she's she's like pinning shit to the walls, and she's got those two silver masks, mm-hmm. and she's pinning one mask to the wall, and they're identical. Mm-hmm. They're identical, and she goes, "This is the man. I can't. I think this is the woman. It's the woman in the. Let me just camp." And she goes, "There's a line. She says it as one sentence, and it's almost like a thought." Like a sane thought slipped out of her mouth. In all of the craziness, mm-hmm. she goes, I can't get the thumbtack in the wall. We have the saddest life. It just like pops out in the middle of a sentence and it it's, was truly stunning. I was like, oh. Except that you shit. know that she wasn't saying we have the saddest life because of the literal state of horror that they live no, in. No, it's, it's because she couldn't get a thumbtack in the wall. Yeah, or or she's like a child would say, "I can't get this thumbtack in the wall." I wish I was dead. It's like that yeah. thing, but like the way that it hits. There's a couple moments here. One of them is the cat shitting, and the mom being like, "At least somebody's happy," you know. And then the daughter putting the thumbtack in the wall, like, "I can't get the thumbtack in the wall." We have the saddest life. It was the way that it like snuck in there. I was like, "Oh, okay." Can we talk? <laughs> There is a there is a couple funny lines, but it's funny in like a really horrible way. Like when um, there's it's just Edie. Oh, the birthday! I was gonna say uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to start drinking, but like when Edith and Edie are just screaming at each other and like you're doing it wrong, you're so ugly, you're singing ugly. How I didn't teach you ugly like this, and you're like, how oh, you never, you've never had a man, and he never loved you. He didn't satisfy my mother sexually, and you're like, Ugh. first of all. No, but there's this there's this hilarious moment where the where the mom looks at the daughter and she goes, I'm going to have to start drinking. I can't take it. You'll make a drunkard out of your mother, which we saw earlier. There's just like this huge like a handle handle of of, rum and a can of Coke and the rum is almost empty. I'm pretty sure we see a scene later where the mom is drinking just straight rum on ice like a pint of it. And she takes she takes Edie's plastic tumbler cup 
like a and pours some of it after swirling she likes, in her glass. Yeah, she like swirls her ice cubes around to maybe chill this pint of rum she's drinking and she pours a little bit into like a plastic tumbler cup that Edie has and they say, "Yeah, we lost the glasses. All the glasses are gone." Yeah, like stuff is just like supposedly disappearing out of their house what or is like this little being book doing stolen up here? Someone's by- been in my room. I just cleaned this attic. Who t- who put this little book up here? She's you know, like, I don't know what's in the attic. Oh, my God. I okay. Know. I mean, other than raccoons and uh, Wonder Bread. I think I nailed, by the way, I think I nailed what this movie is. This movie is Sid and Nancy without drugs starring Jackie O's crazy relatives. Crazy rich relatives. Yeah. It. If you've seen Sid and Nancy, the scenes near the end where like Sid and Nancy are just laying in bed strung out on heroin. And, like, there's garbage and takeout boxes and rats, and it's just utter degradation. If you took Sid and Nancy out of that room and dropped an, two crazy old ladies into it and made them chatty, that's what this movie is. Oh, my God. They never stop talking. I don't even know if it's talking. They just rave. They just rave at each other, at the camera, at nothing at Constantly. all. yeah. Ugh, it's... It, oh yeah, and everything's covered in fleas. Yeah, the cats have fleas. People, the, the people have the fleas. people have fleas. It's really intense. And one of the most intense parts of this movie, it it makes me laugh, but it also was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. At the beginning, the very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. the mother is like doddering around up on the upper floor, and they look at this blue wall, and there's probably what'd you say like a one foot diameter oh yeah sure there's like a one foot diameter hole up near where the wall meets the ceiling in in a corner in a corner it's like in a corner part of the wall has fallen away and you can see these two boards hanging down the boards are important this is you pointed this out Mm -hmm. to me so the boards are important so about a foot of this wall has just crumbled and fallen and the mom is saying oh we just painted this my what a shame what a shame look at what's happening to my blue wall okay Keep. The raccoons are destroying my wall. Yeah, the raccoons are destroying yeah. my wall. And they've taken about a foot of the wall and just like eaten through it mm-hmm. basically, right? Fast forward. We watch a whole movie. We watch about an hour and 20 minutes of documentary. And there's this shot. And I, you were the one who spotted it. I thought it was in the attic. I thought it was in a totally different part of the house. The entire wall is gone. Yeah, like half of the wall is just missing. Like 20 square feet of wall are just not there just gone you can see like the studs behind it and there's a raccoon sitting on one stud there's a raccoon yeah, they're just like hanging out looking into the house from inside the wall yeah well and there's a raccoon crawling there's three raccoons in that shot one on the ground crawling out onto the floor one sitting on like the studs and one like climbing out of the house back out to somewhere else and i was like jesus is that the attic and bird you were you said no that's they recognize the boards there's in the corner those two boards are up top that's the blue wall the raccoons ate a whole wall out of the house. Now, there's raccoons just running around the house. And you wonder, like, Jesus, why doesn't someone do something about these raccoons? Well, they are doing something about the raccoons. They're feeding them in the house. In the attic. Yeah. There's a scene where Edie takes... I got uh, a tick in bag. my left eye just now because I'm so <laughs> mad. <laughs> she goes upstairs with a bag... A bag of Wonder Bread and a box of dry cat food. And she lays... She dumps them out on a newspaper. She put... She, the fact that she puts newspaper on that filthy I fucking know, floor, like, you're like, why are you doing? doing? She should. What you should do is light the newspaper on fire and get your mother out of the house and just call it good. She dumps a whole loaf of Wonder Bread on the floor. 
and then dumps a whole box of dry cat food on top of the Wonder Bread. It's this mountain of the most disgusting food you've ever seen. And I I didn't know what she was doing. I think you were on I it knew right immediately. away. I didn't know what she was doing until we got the shots of the raccoons just climbing Taking all... the Wonder Bread, yeah. running away with it. She's feeding the raccoons. That live in her house. Yeah. That live in the walls of her house. Yeah. And in the attic. Many raccoons. This is not like one raccoon. There's like a dozen raccoons living in and or around the house. house. Yeah. Yeah. There's shots of them climbing up the outside with like the the inner part of the Wonder Bread eating out. And it's just carrying a crust (laughs) in its mouth. You see them come in and drag Wonder Bread away. And dude, straight up, Edie's feeding raccoons in the attic. They're cute, but come on. It's It's a wild animal. You should not be feeding it. It shouldn't be in your house. That house is the most disgusting place I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Like real place. I mean, the the pig grinder in Saw 3 is pretty gross, but like, dude, that is, Uh. that house is fucking, Uh. the fact that people are like, free spirits, man. No, no, no. Like, I I think an agency should have come in and been like, this is not habitable. You are not living in a, a habitable, please, someone. Habitable? I just want someone to help them. I want someone to come in and they do They need like a caretaker or like a. Um, the gardener. She's, uh, like a, a person from the government who comes because you are not able to take care of yourself yeah. and um, like manage your money properly and that sort of thing. You need one of those. Yeah. We want to talk about. I can't believe Jackie sent in a workforce and brought this house back to like spick and span, perfect, beautiful, and then they put the woman back in and trashed it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to talk I, about Edith's birthday party? Oh my god! Yeah, take us, take us into it, so I don't lose my mind. There are two people, yep. two guests at this party, <laughs> yeah. and. Their, I'm guessing, formal dining room that is Ooh. filthy and there's nothing in there, nope. even though there's like, what is that called? Like a credenza? I don't know what a credenza is. Like the thing that holds dishes, like fancy dishes. I guess there's that. There's a, like the glass windows on the front. Yeah. So, yeah. There, it's like there's a some bare of those table. in there and there's just a bare table and, cake. and chairs. And chairs. <laughs> They're so dirty that oh god, I forgot the Edie puts down newspaper on the seats, and they all and the people who come to visit are in like their finest evening wear. I mean, well, kind of, yeah. It's a, it's a doddering like old man up. in a suit, but yeah. yeah, they're like in a suit and they're all trying to wear their finery. And Edie is putting down newspaper in the chairs so that they can all sit on newspapers because the house is so fucked up. And like. It's not as though Edie didn't know when her mother's birthday was and that she should clean up the house. And Edith get... says, I thought, I you, thought were you were going to clean, clean up. I did. I tried, mother. I tried. I'm like, no. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were too busy doing marching band dances in the oh fucking God. living room. In your underwear. In your... Uh, curtain. Wrapped in your bathing suit and a curtain. This is that thing that Carl and I talk and about. And a towel on your head. Yeah, yeah. She wears. She legit has like hand towels that she wears. On. She also wears sweaters on her head. This is okay. Carl and I have actually run not to this degree, but this is appropriate for March Madness. It was. You pointed that out um, when you were like, "Oh, it's too bad we couldn't have gotten a movie. We could. You, we should have done this for March Madness." I and was then, like, "Oh wait, it's still March." Well, yeah, because we've been in it's quarantine for a month. We have no idea what <laughs> day it is, what time it is. 
my boss just texts me and she's like hey you got a shift tomorrow i'm like awesome great wonderful are there masks are there gloves uh, anyway um there, it is this is like this is the final episode of march and it's so perfect for march madness by the way this movie watching this tanked several of my picks because i don't want to put us through anything even remotely similar i was gonna suggest a john waters movie we can't watch a john waters movie now because this is too fucked up i was gonna suggest uh man bites dog this like kind of like rough and rugged serial killer movie but now i don't want to watch anything down tempo because this movie like messed my head up we need to watch something fun and funny after this i can't or at least like well done um, can we talk about so Edie? Oh yeah, Edie has a toast. <laughs> Edie gives a toast, which I think we're actually going to use from now on. From now on, it is this is true. This is like one thing that we will adopt from this movie. So Edith, the mother, is turning seventy nine. She's seventy nine now. It's yeah, her seventy ninth birthday. This is her seventy ninth birthday. Yeah, and uh, and Edie raises her. They all raise their glass to toast, mm-hmm. and Edie goes, "May my mother live to at least eighty. And her mom goes, "Oh, one more year." <laughs> It's like the most <laughs> fucked up toast ever. We don't know at that point that she's se- turning 79. We just, you know, she could be anywhere in her 70s, right. but Edie goes, may she live to be at least, may she live to be at least 80. And everyone at the table is kind of surprised by it. And the mom goes, oh, one more year. I'm like, oh my God, it's her 79th birthday. What a bitch. They're never <laughs> cruel to each other. Oh, <sighs> oh. yeah. But um, for your birthday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna toast you and say, "May you live to be at least 31." May you live, yeah. I'm, that that'll be our new birthday toast from now on. Because it was okay. So this did this movie make you feel a little crazy, like you were losing your mind oh, a little? 100. percent So there yeah, were halfway through, I was just like, I don't know if I can make it. There was a couple bit. I did pause it twice, and I was like, "We are not that deep in. We can watch something else for your first movie." And you're it's like, like watching a train wreck, though. Yeah, like you can't. The Not worst train wreck much. ever. Like, it's yeah. a train wreck full of, like, orphans. And nuns, with, and it's on fire. And it's on fire, yeah. And they're, like, all dying in the worst. Everybody's dying in a different bad way. And you're like, oh, it can't get any Some worse. Some people are drowning somehow. Somehow, yeah. They're, they're like, right in, in front of you. the water car. And they're all... <laughs> car and like some of them are being eaten alive by raccoons but while they're being eaten alive by raccoons they're feeding the raccoons and you're like i i don't understand why my eyes won't close but i have to keep staring (laughs) um so there's a moment near the end where they're they're trying to have like breakfast (laughs) and they Edie is singing and it's irritating her mom because her mom hates anytime Edie sings. Her mom is just hypercritical of Edie's singing because she's like, no, you're singing it wrong. Here's how you should sing it. I'm singing old timey. To be fair, her mom has like a halfway decent voice for a woman who's 79. Her mom can hold the tune, you know. And Edie's, If she can remember the words. Which she can't often. Oh, my God. There's that moment earlier where she's singing the song and she loses the lyrics. And then to get back into the song, she just goes, ah. Ah, and then I'm back in the song. It's like, it's like a mini stroke. It's like watching a woman have a mini stroke. She might be having microstrokes. Who knows? But she she might have rabies from the fucking. <laughs> she probably does. She, uh, and tetanus. God, dude. But Edie, we know she has fleas. <laughs> Edie went out and like bought a cake, like a little like 
cake thing for their breakfast and she set the table in like the sunroom or I don't know. Uh-huh. This is when her mom stands up and her boobs fall out. Oh my god. <laughs> and her butt's out. Her butt's out. <laughs> she, no back to her yeah, there's no back to her swimsuit. So she asked the documentarians not to film her because she's her butt's just hanging out as she daughters around the room. So the filmmakers shoot a mirror. You're like, okay, we won't. They shoot themselves in the mirror. Yeah, they shoot yeah. them. That's another thing where you you should realize I didn't fully get what how up their own asses they were until you hear them talk in interviews and they talk about this as though it's high art and they did all this on purpose but with them like shooting mirrors and shooting reflections of the women with them still in the shot it's shooting certain things over and over mm -mm. yeah like that one portrait i think we saw it like at least three times I, I get what they're going for because we do see flashes of like here is what these women used to be beautiful high society wealthy well educated and here bah, is what they are now and you're like believe me you could have shown me one shot of them young and then just shown me you could have sh- given me five minutes of this and I would have been as upset as watching an hour and 30 um so there's Edie's like singing this song and her mom's like Edie, shut up! I'm begging you. You're driving me mad. And Edie won't stop. I'm singing a song. Because she's mentally 16. Yeah, mentally 16, and they're intentionally cruel to each other the whole way through. So she's like, I'm going to sing. She's doing that, like, sassy, annoying, bitchy 16-year-old And the mom is genuinely distraught because the mom's a bitch, too. Let's be real. There's no victims here. They both suck. But the mom is like, you're singing They're ugly. victims of their own making. They're victims. They made themselves victims. Yeah, they, and they victimize each other yeah. the whole time. They're both just like, how can I make you miserable? Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. so mom is like, mom is like, I can't take it anymore. And you're just awful. You've made a terrible breakfast. Edie didn't even make the breakfast. She went onto a store to get it. But they're just saying mean she things She probably just had it delivered. Yeah. So they're ha- they have... It's not like they ever leave the house. It's pr- That breakfast is probably the worst fight in the whole movie, right? Like, it gets... Ex- yeah, maybe. It gets insanely heated. And Edie goes outside onto their deck where they sometimes, like, lay in the, on the ground. It's like a balcony. Yeah. yeah. Like a big balcony or top of, uh, like, a roof. And she's crying. She level. gets so upset. Her mom... She's she's trying to hurt her mother, but her mother like gets a jab in and it makes Edie start to cry. And Edie goes out and sits on the balcony like distraught over this. And mm-hmm. the mom goes back to her chair and just sits there and shakes. And you're like, what in the fuck am I watching? And the documentarians go out and film Edie in like a, so hey Edie, how are you doing? That got pretty heated in there, you know, like. Except we don't ever, almost m- never hear them. Yeah. The documentary. Which actually I think is to their credit. Yeah. I like that they kind of cut themselves out as much as they did. Um, But Edie looks up at the camera and she goes, we better go and check on mother and the cats. She's a lot of fun. I hope she doesn't die. It's. She's a lot of fun. We just watched 20 minutes of you trying desperately to drive your mother mad as she just hurled insults at you. It's the dissonance is shocking. I would love to see a psychologist review of this film i'm afraid to look at a psychologist review because i'm afraid they'd be like it's just two unique individuals being absolutely themselves i know like your face is how i feel (laughs) that's not what would happen don't get it man um i had a weird moment it might be because i I am actually sick i'm not i'm not sick with the i'm calling it i've started calling it the other big c the other big C. Yeah, because the big C is cancer. Oh. The other big C is Corona. My Corona. corona. 
So it's not that I have. I think I have some just bug. Some like you know, I have a regular cold. It's still cold and flu season. It is, and yeah. Turning into allergies. So I haven't, so. I haven't been feeling super well, and I was feeling, I my, I was, I had had a little bit of a dizzy spell, and we we're watching this movie, so my brain was already. Also, I've been making you do athletics. I know that's true. You've been like <laughs> your brain's overheating. Yeah, I'm like oh, I don't feel very good, and you're like get up. We're doing high, we're doing high. High intensity interval training this morning. I'm oh like, no, I'm arguing that you're not feeling well because I'm making you work out. It could be. You're like, get those knees like, up, and I'm like, I just don't feel good. I can't breathe. You're like, drop it, give me twenty. <laughs> Boot camp. I think we don't. You realize we don't have life insurance. If you kill me, you're not getting anything, right? You get that, right? <laughs> but so my my I was I was feeling my brain was feeling a little foggy. I felt kind of weird. It was like. I felt like bad high near the end of this because this movie this yes. movie puts you in a bad headspace. It really does. It doesn't. You're. It's not fun to watch this. It's a bad trip. Yeah. So like near the end, I was feel my brain was feeling a little fucked up, and I was I was having like strange thoughts because I'm I'm sick, and this movie's weird, and I I had one of those weird moments of clarity, like like a quote unquote high thought when when I was watching mm-hmm. Halloween and I had mm-hmm. the like Halloween. Anyway, I had a moment kind of like that watching this movie, and I was like. This and it was during that breakfast fight scene where they're like just cr- screaming and cruel. I know I'm t- I'm trying to hit an hour. Like you see me like glancing over at this. We're not gonna make it, but because I got no more notes and I don't know if I have any more tolerance to talk about this movie. But this to me is like a Gaiman esque or Alan Moore esque depiction of hell. This, oh yeah, like this. You die and you've lived Mm -hmm. a bad life and you wake up and you're trapped in this house with these women that I think is I honestly think that that would be a particularly they turned the volume up and broke the knob off. Maybe. Yeah. Like that. That is hell. It's like watching an hour and a half of what hell might be like. It's really disturbing. This is no. Yeah, I agree with you. What's crazy is there's another (laughs) movie that's kind of like this, right? This movie's PG. Mm-hmm. There's another movie like this. Doesn't have any, no gore, no real sadistic violence. It's called Gummo. It just follows gross people doing gross stuff, right? And it mm-hmm. makes the the list of 50 most disturbing films mm-hmm. every time. Gummo is a truly warped movie, but it's not, you could rate it PG. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying, you know? It really right. hurts you to watch it, but it's <laughs> it's not, there's nothing in it that you'd call bad. I have certainly been like violated or something yeah dude this movie should be on the 50 most disturbing films of all time i don't get how people are watching this different than i i don't i do not have the eyes of the world when i'm watching this movie man i just don't it's it's not good bird do you i have a last thought give me give me a last thought Edie had two brothers yeah or has Two brothers. Yep. Two younger brothers. Yeah, because we know that because the mom's like, oh, yeah, your brothers were great. They did perfect. They're perfect. (laughs) Oh, I never had any trouble with the boys. The boys are great. The boy, everything about the boys is good. You stupid. I'm (sighs) so curious. How they turned out? How they turned out, where they are, what they're doing. I don't know. Just an idol. I, my final thought, off of your final thought, Mm -hmm. is I never want to know anything about anyone in this family ever again. If I could avoid any contact with anyone who's related to and these people. And anybody who brings this movie up, I'm just going to slap. You know, I... I'm, I'm, I can't believe you didn't like that. It's wild. I'm glad I've seen it now because when people are like, have you seen Great Gardens? I'm like, yeah, it was legitimately the the 
the most disgusting piece of shit film I've ever seen in my life. It's awful. It's truly horrendous. So, listener, <laughs> like I said at the top, we... So, def- for anybody who was curious about <clears throat> our thoughts on this film and have already watched it, or anyone who wants to watch literal hell for an hour and a half... It's really it rough. Is. It's pretty crazy. Um, listener, if you like Grey Gardens, if this is one of... And again, look, uh, this is I, I was bringing it up earlier. Me and Carl talk about this on the show sometime. Not every movie is for everyone. This movie is very obviously not for you and me, right? Listener, if this is a movie that was for you, if this is like your kind of cult film, if you got this, Bird, what's his name again? You're Brian? Yeah. Brian, send us an email, man. What is it about Grey Gardens that has hooked you? Because again, like, look, I like, I love Nicolas Cage and you hate him. This is a fairly extreme version of that, but some people, a lot of people love this movie. If you're one of those people, send us an email at measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a, li- a drop us a line in the comments on Patreon or hit, hit us up on wherever you want to hit us up at. Why do you like this film? I genuinely want to know. I don't like it. I think it sucks. I think it's really... I will never watch it again. Neither will I. Regardless of what people say. It's abrasive and disturbing, and I see no redeeming value in it at all. It's just exploitative of two extremely mentally ill people. That's yeah. what I thought mm-hmm. of this movie. But I'm not taking anything away from you, listener, if you like it. I like a lot of shit that a lot of other people don't like. So drop drop us a line and tell us what you think. Um, and for those of you who are just tuning into the quarantine tapes, we went into this totally blind. Uh, Bird, Bird's throwing her notes on this away. Um, so the raccoons can eat it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> we need some wood. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put my mask on and go get us some Wonder Bread. Um, so going forward in the quarantine tapes, let me tell you, you've got. You might have some heist movies coming up. Can we tell them your maybe your second pick? Oh yeah. We might be watching The Shining. Very soon. We might be watching Dr. Strangelove coming up. Yes. Okay, so look, guys, it's not all going to be Grey Gardens. This was just a weird, out-of-the-blue pick that did not hit us the right way. So stay tuned. We're going to be doing We're gonna be doing more episodes. Um, I'm going to try and get Bird to do at least one Patreon episode with me a month so we can keep that going. It, that's not so bad. Five episodes a month isn't too terrible. And you know what? We're quarantined, and we like, we like sitting on the couch and watching movies together. Stuck with you. Stuck You're with stuck with me. <laughs> May you live to be at least 32. Thanks. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you made it through our Grey Gardens-esque tirade on Grey Gardens. That was kind of meta. Yes, it actually. was. <laughs> <laughs> we just like lost our minds we for about an hour. Grey Gardens. We did. And you know what? Um, I'm, I'm happy to get out of here under an hour. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to keep talking about other cool shit. Um it's all gonna be up it's uphill from here folks it can't get any worse i can't possibly imagine it so stay healthy and don't forget to feed the raccoons <laughs>